So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, folks. You, The band is back together. Here we are. It's been three weeks since the dynamic duel has been sitting in the, the captain's chairs here doing the show. Uh, Reunited and, and, it's and it feels so good. It sure does. I, um, it makes me feel kind of funny. Like when I used to climb the rope in gym class. For anyone that gets the reference. There it is. Uh, no, it is great to be back. Um, here we are, Tuesday night, back on our normal night, normal time, normal hosts. It's all sorts of normalcy back here, finally, after week three of the NFL season. Uh, we have got a great show for you this evening. We're going to be talking about uh, veteran players in the doghouse, or veterans we're cutting bait on. Uh, I was thinking, you know of an old yeller analogy with veterans we're taking out to the doghouse that we have to put out the oh pasture. Uh, I, but that felt a little dark. So I didn't want to like it's open the dark. show with that necessarily, but, uh, but you but did yes. it anyway. I know. <laughs> Sometimes but you I couched it. Myself. You couched it yes. away and saying like, look, I don't want to do this. It was like a, a little bit of a warning, at least for the folks. Yeah. It, it, it's like, I don't mean to, uh, you know, no offense intended, but knowing that you're going to offend someone anyway. That, that's basically what I did. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so we have got, uh, like I said, great show. Um, just as a, as a little aside here before we get into it, uh, for all of our listeners out here, uh, Jake and I are in our home league together, uh, and we are having an epic week four matchup this week. Uh, so, Jake, do you have any thoughts about this? No. I know, I know you, why you threw it to me is because you want to know how transparent am I going to be with our listeners? Am I going to tell them that I went 0-3 to start the season? Am I going to tell them that my quarterback scored negative 19 points last week? I'm going which, to tell them Which in our league... Spoiler, I already did. Which in our league is a very uh, tough feat to do because our no quarterback way. scoring is very friendly in our league. Uh, well, it's not so friendly when you get sacked nine true. times because each one of those sacks is like negative three or something. Okay, that, that's very so fair. But on the, on the flip side, my quarterback scored 63 points this last week. So uh, if your quarterback's playing well, you get a lot of points. But yeah, you're also penalized fairly heavily, too. If you would like a tutorial on how to kick somebody while they're down, I'm pretty sure my co-host just gave that to you. Just sitting here drinking my tea. By step guide. My goodness. Yeah. And, and as already, Jake, he's already dead. And, and as Jake said, you know, he's 0-3, but I am running off to a solid 3-0 and start here um, with the second high score every single week. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm feeling confident about this week. Um, I haven't actually looked at your team to see who you're starting or, you know, looked up lineups or anything. I mean, let's be honest. I have a big ding with uh, out Christian McCaffrey in my lineup uh, for the next couple this weeks. This where I but, pounce. But I did fine without him this last week, so I'll be okay. I'm not worried. You say that. I almost, as we're talking before we got on air, just because I have to give myself a tiny pat on the back, I almost beat the guy last week with my quarterback scoring negative 19 points. This is true. I feel once I get that issue rectified, I'll be back on track. I think we'll have a very good 
matchup here with a shit ton of trash talk on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and throughout the week here, it's it's going to start on Thursday with the Thursday night game, and it's just going to escalate from there. Um, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go to a dark place, you know, like... <laughs> like, like the old Yeller thing again? Yeah. Like, are we going to have to revisit that? Come Monday night, Tuesday morning? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. That's not. No. Also, I do think preemptively, before we get into the rest of the show, we should just make a singular beer bet here and now for this week's matchup, just because, of course. Of course we should. Okay. So just winner take all, loser has a shot. Straight up winner take all. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's in the books. I like it. Okay, moving on. Uh, we're going to skip this next one here. We have, we have a beer bet payout from last week's bet between Josh and myself. Uh, he did send us a video. We'll play that here um, in a little bit, but let's get into our other normal uh, housekeeping items here. Uh, and Jake, you provided us with our beer of the week this week. Uh, why don't you tell us what that is? I did. This one was a V grocery store special. You can't uh, see anybody in the Midwest who knows yeah. the high V. It's wonderful. But it is a Bell's Flamingo Fruit Fight. Now, this is a tequila barrel aged tart ale with passion fruit and lime. There's a lot going mm-hmm. on with this beer, Justin. There uh, is. Bell's is out of Michigan, Comstock, Michigan, to be exact. Now, you've had a couple of sips here. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out that when you pour it, it looks not unlike a fruit juice that you would have had in your youth, like one of those high C types of, you know, super sugary mm-hmm. juices. Yes. But what's the first taste like for you? Um, I get the barrel, the tequila barrel um, tartness or kind of bitterness, not bitterness, but yeah, tartness to it. Um, yep. That pucker. I don't really get a lot of the passion fruit. I get a little bit of the lime, but I definitely that I- that barrel aged tequila really does come through not in a bad way but it's it is definitely the most um most overpowering the most flavor. pungent of all the flavors yes. there i was gonna say the opposite i get the passion fruit and none of the lime hmm. so maybe we just maybe it's like in every other you know maybe. it's like a mystery in that four pack that i got it's, there yeah it's no, not no. a bad beer by any means uh, i think it's a solid beer I could probably just have the one and be perfectly happy with it. I don't know that I could oh, yeah. have more than one in one sitting. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think it's solidly done beer, as pretty much all Bell's beers are. Let's be honest. I don't think I've ever had a bad one from them. So right, and it's a six point. It's a six point zero percent guy. So it's not mm-hmm. crazy for mm-hmm. being a you know tequila barrel age something or other. Right. A lot of these tend to get in ten percent range. This is not like that. And we're on the tail end of summer. Like we're getting that repeat summer this week here. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was kind of good. A good deal. But we should talk real quick. Uh, speaking of Bells, we got to taste them at a brew fest that yes. we went to. Oh, first beer fest in almost two years. It was yeah. goddamn delightful. It was so good so to be. So wonderful. Five hours of amazing beverages mm-hmm. and games. So that was fun. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. If you guys want to hear more about it, hit us up in our DMs. We'll tell you all about it. We'll give you as much of a recap as we can possibly recall from the day. Well, that? this is true. When you have that many beers in one day, it's hard to recollect everything that we had. <laughs> well, spotty. Well, mm-hmm. spotty, but that's okay. That's right. Uh, just like probably the person was feeling from our next segment. That's right. Let's mm-hmm. hit our drunk trade of the week up. Drunk, 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 of the week. This week we once again check in with Reddit's user Joey Doyle66. Joey Doyle rules. 
this is a Dynasty PPR League. Joey says, last season, me and my two friends did a three-team trade while drunk. This is big, Dustin. This is our first three-way that Ooh. we've ever had on the show here. Ooh, so get excited. Scandalous. <laughs> now, I'm going to break this all down uh, person by person, basically. So you know who gave what and who got what. We're just going to go in order here. So the submitter, Joey, traded away Chris Carson and Jerry Judy and received DJ Chark and Devontae Parker. Now I'm going to ask you to hold your comments till the end here, Dustin, because I have some things to say already, but we need to As do I. Uh, friend A, he calls him, traded away Chark and Tyreek Hill and received Judy and Dalvin Cook. Friend B traded Cook and Parker, received Carson and Hill. So here's what I'd like to do with all of it on the books now. Let's start with the first part. Guy who traded Carson and Judy gets Chark and Parker. How do you feel about this, knowing that it's Dynasty? I don't like that at all. I mean, yeah. just right off the bat, brutal. that's that's just, yeah, that's brutal. Um, Jerry Judy, I mean, aside from the injury that, you know, he sustained last week or two weeks ago now at this point, um, he is going to be a terrific wide receiver in this league. Like, he is going to be awesome. Uh, and Chris Carson, just a solid number two running back. Uh, I, I get this as a three-way trade, so he got... Um, Hard to Chark say. And Parker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, DJ Chark is fine. You know, he's probably going to end up being a wide receiver, too, with the way things are looking uh, by the end of this season. Low end. I'm hesitant to even say that. Low, low okay. end. You know, uh, yeah. Devante Parker. Uh, I'll be talking about him a little bit later. Spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, I don't like that in return. And then it's bad. I think it's the worst of all three. Yeah. I think, <laughs> unfortunately, Joey. Uh, I think you got the rawest end of this entire mm -hmm. deal, right? That's right, for sure. And then traded away friend A, Chark and Tyreek, and received Judy and Dalvin Cook. Um, that's all right. I like that. Hey, I that, like That's that. fine. I mean, you're giving up Tyreek Hill, who is an elite wide receiver, but you're getting an elite running back in return. Uh, and Judy is definitely an upgrade over Chark, I feel like. And then, oh, absolutely. And then for friend B that gave up Cook and Parker and received Carson and Hill. I like that as well. I mean, we're both big Chris Carson stands on this show. Uh, so, right. I mean, obviously you're downgrading from Cook to Carson, but you're very uh, huge upgrade from Parker to Hill. So I, I like, yeah. Yeah, friend B did very well as well. So, uh, Joey, yeah, you're the one that lost out out of all three of them, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I think Joey got the worst part. I think mm -hmm. Friend A, who got Judy and Cook, blew out everybody else in this trade. And mm -hmm. I think Friend B was pretty even. Mm -hmm. I, I think that Cook and Parker for Carson Hill, that's pretty even to me. Because like you said, you're downgrading one position, you're upgrading the other, and it's pretty close there. Um, now, just as a little spoiler here, or a, so, a little prologue. Okay. Epilogue? Fuck, what's the word? I should know this. I graduated with a journalism degree. I think it's epilogue. <laughs> the guy who got Cook and Judy won the championship last year. So obviously worked out last year right. and I think beyond. Well, and I mean, if you look at it as uh, the one-for-one -one trades, it's Chris Carson and he was for Devontae Parker was the one trade. Not a good trade. And then it's Jerry Judy for... I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm doing. How are you doing this? What, what is happening right now? I don't. 
what kind of uh, crazy bright mind? Uh, that's not what it's called. What's that movie with Russell Crowe? Dangerous, Dangerous Mind. No, that's not the one. No, either. Beautiful Mind. <laughs> the there what we are. Beautiful minding. Are you doing with this trade right now? I'm just trying to figure out the one for one for one trades because I don't know. can you do that? <laughs> I was trying. I mean, you gave what you gave and you got yeah. what you got. Yeah. You know? All right. Anyway. You know? Yeah. Joey, you lost out. Sorry. <laughs> it... That's the big stamp on this. One. That's right. That's right. So uh, before we get into the rest of the episode, let's have Josh pay off his beer bet from last week so folks um for all of our audio only listeners that aren't catching this uh check out this part of the pod on youtube so you can see the video or check it out on twitter um our our handle at drinking fantasy was tagged on this um maybe we'll pin it to our our twitter page here so that for easy access here for for the time being but uh enjoy this this beer bet payoff that i won just as a recap uh, it was who's going to score more points last week? Tyler Lockett versus Adam Thielen. I had the Thielen side. Josh had the Lockett side. Uh, obviously, I won this and he lost. Uh, so I'm off to a solid 1-0 and start on uh, bets for the season, along with my 3-0 and start in our home league. So <laughs> here you go. What's up, everybody? Josh Hudson here with Club Fantasy. If you happen to have listened to Drinking and Talking Fantasy last week, you know that I filled in for Jake Trowbridge. You also know that Dustin and I had ourselves a little beer bet. He bet me that Adam Thielen would outscore Tyler Lockett this week. I, of course, took the Tyler Lockett side, which is why I'm doing this video, because Tyler Lockett kind of sucked this past week. So, that being said, cheers. Coming back for you, Dustin. One of these days, I'll be back on the show, and I'm winning one of these. Peace out. Go, Birds. Now, what a man. That's what right. A man. Step in. I have to give him so much appreciation to take that bullet here in my absence. Not only did he step up and do an incredible job co-hosting, but then mm -hmm. to pay off that in such deadly fashion. One thing he did not say, which we are customarily mm -hmm. doing in our beer bets, I am going to say on his behalf, because again... He did more than enough for his job. So, Dustin, you are an amazing fantasy football analyst slash genius. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun having Josh uh, fill in last week for you, Jake. And uh, I applaud him for fulfilling the his end of, of the bet because um, no one would have ever known if he didn't do it. You know, no, no one would have known. So I appreciate him for uh, doing that. And Josh, you are always welcome back on the show because uh, that was a lot of fun last week. So uh, before we move on, Jake, do you want to do a quick read from our sponsor? You know, I do. This week's episode of DTFF is brought to you by Poor Richard's Farm. They offer 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks from European beef cattle raised ethically on their Wisconsin family farm. Local company, gotta love it. Combined with all natural ingredients, Poor Richard's Farm uses no fillers, no artificial preservatives, but vacuum seals their beef sticks to remain shelf-stable. Cattle are never given supplemental hormones or antibiotics, but they are given fresh air and open spaces, which makes for physically and emotionally healthier animals. Plus, I mean, check this out. The variety that they have. Barbecue hickory. 
teriyaki maple, Tex-Mex mesquite, and of course, the OG original flavor. All are fantastic. All have been inside my tummy uh, in the most pleasing of ways. Right now, listeners can get 5% off their order by using promo code DTFF at checkout. Just go to poorrichardsfarm.com, use that promo code, and then get free shipping when you buy three or more packs of these delicious, and I mean delicious, all-natural beef sticks. You want these things on Sunday, trust me. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Jake. So um, I will be honest, Jake, here. Um, I don't really have anything for uh, injury update. Did you happen to uh, take care of this for this week, or should we just skip over the injury update? No, can I just say, at this point... Just track these things on Saturday. It's become so much. I'll be honest that doing it this early in the week. I mean, listeners, you're hearing this, of course, on Wednesday at the earliest. But it's so early in the week and so much has changed by the six hours, you know, between the first time that you mention the news and and six hours later, it's all done. It's all different. So Mm -hmm. just fucking look on Saturday or Sunday morning, honestly. Yes. Obviously, for the Thursday night game, you know, check. Check that out. You got your Jags and your Bengals uh, playing this Thursday. If there's any injuries there, make sure you take them out or put maybe, you know, just take them out. That's fine. Be aware. Be aware. There's sources out there. That's right. That's right. So, uh, or I'm sure there's plenty of other podcasts out there that go into greater injury depth than we do. So. uh, True. Edwin Porras. Dr. Edwin Porras has a pretty great uh, one out there. mm -hmm. Just dropping that. Yeah. Thanks. I'm sure he appreciates that shout out, which friend of the show. That's right. I got to say that friend of the show, Edwin Porras. That's, That's my right. Bad. That's right. That is your bad. <laughs> All right. So here we are talking about vets. We're going to bench until further notice. It may be cut from your team altogether, Jake, uh, yep. depending on how you want to look at it or how spicy you want to get. So mm-hmm. why don't you lead us off here? And we'll just do a couple each here just uh, so we can have some nice in-depth conversation about it. But yeah, why don't don't you start us off? Yeah, and just as a precursor to this, the thought is at this stage in the season, you know, heading into week four, there's a lot that could still be left up in the air for certain players, like rookies at this point. You don't want to make too quick a judgment about. uh, And and you don't really want to make too quick a judgment about any player, but These guys, especially, I think, that we're focusing on are ones where, by now, they should have asserted themselves to be what we wanted them to be or thought they were going to be, and they have not. So these ones in particular, though, I think, without speaking out of turn here, we don't have a lot of faith in whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So starting that off, I'm going to start with the backfield where the coach doesn't even seem to have any faith in them, and it's the Bucks backfield, just straight up. Just the entire gaggle of them back there in Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I was not high on really any of these guys coming into the season. Pat on the back. But even I didn't expect it to look like this mm-hmm. right now. So we have, just to see where these guys are at currently, in PPR formats, Leonard Fournette is RB35. Okay, that's fine. Gio Bernard is RB38, thanks to his RB11 finish from this last week. Without that, he would have been way, way down there. Ronald Jones is RB75 on the season. Mm -hmm. RB75. So here's what I want to highlight, though. If you're looking at that or you're hearing that and you go, well, I'll just keep Leonard Fournette. I'll just start him. 
Are you sure you want to do that? This entire backfield has a grand total of 144 yards rushing through the first three weeks. It's not one guy. That's not two guys. That's all three guys have 144 total rushing yards. Not one of them has had more than 11 attempts in a week. Fournette was saved by a touchdown. That's that's why he's even at RB35. But running backs in general right now suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a straight-up garbage fire. So that RB35 is not as great as it, it, as it even sounds. Like, it's so much worse than that. In a normal year, you'd be looking at him being like RB55. But it's just the way things have shook out to this point. Where, okay, he's a serviceable flex. But he's not. And he's not going to be going forward until we can see that Tampa Bay wants to run the ball at all. Or wants to actually pass to their running backs. With the exception of Gio Bernard's amazing week last week. Mm -hmm. Where he didn't record a single rushing attempt. But he got peppered with targets. That situation only happened because Tampa Bay was really down, by the way. Like, they had to actually fight back. And there's not going to be a lot of negative game scripts for them, I don't think. But even in the positive game scripts, you can't trust Fournette or Ronald Jones because you can't trust Coach Bruce Arians to not just be a wang about it. So all of these guys, if I have any of them, I'm probably dropping them. If you wanted to hold on to Gio Bernard because you think you can predict which game scripts are going to be really negative, then I go for it and plug them in in those matchups. But I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely stay away from that backfield as well. I mean, that's that's so gross. And they just they have so much talent in the wide receivers, whether it's Godwin, Evans, Gronk. You got Tyler Johnson. You got Antonio Brown. I, I mean, they have such so many great wide receivers that it's why crazy. do you need to why do you need to run the ball or even check down like? You know, that's just not going to happen with this offense this year, except maybe if they were up like 40 to seven or something, maybe, maybe at that point. <laughs> yeah. And then it, they'd probably just hand it off to Gronk. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to be um, doing any, any real running this year. I think Tom's just going to throw the ball to get as many records as he can uh, to really try to just show how great a quarterback he is and uh, you know, how how it's him and not the Patriots that, that so this was so week, successful. This week against the Patriots, you can bank on like four total rushing attempts. And two of them are going to be Tom going yeah, quarterback, quarterback sneaks, sneaks into to, the end zone. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. So I want to start with a wide receiver here. And that's Kenny Galladay. I know. And, and I don't know if this is because... He was injured in the preseason and is still maybe coming back from that injury a little bit. So it's a slightly hampered or if him and Daniel Jones just don't have a great rapport. I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, Sterling Shepard has been the number one ride receiver on that team. And granted, Shepard got hurt this week. Questionable to play this next week uh, with a hamstring. So it really depends on the severity there. But I mean, Sterling Shepard has been leading all categories for all the wide receivers on that team. Um, You know, Kenny Galladay right now, he's second on the team in targets, second on the team in receptions, second on the team in total yards. Uh, The the big thing that concerns me, though, is that his catch percentage is only at 58%. Um, And and he's getting my my uh, my stats here. Sorry, 
my stats. <laughs> I know. Um, his A dot, so his a- average depth of target is almost 14 yards. So he's being used as more as that vertical downfield threat where Sterling Shepard is not. He's getting more of those closer to line balls, which makes sense because the Giants offensive line is pure garbage. So Daniel Jones doesn't have time to sit and be able to look downfield uh, and let plays actually develop. He's got to get the ball out of his hands really quick. So as long as this continues and and they're going to use Galladay as that downfield threat, I think you're just going to see more of the same. You know, you, Daniel Jones is only going to be targeting him when he's under pressure and he's just trying to heave the ball away because he hasn't seen any of his other wide receivers. So this just isn't a really good recipe for success. So I think... Like I said, whether it's a combination of the injuries and the offensive line, offensive scheming, I mean, it is Jason Garrett, so there is that piece of it too. Um, I think you can just stick away from Kenny Galladay at this point. Um, I'm not saying he's cuttable, I mean, because he's definitely getting a good target share, but the targets that he's getting are not very good ones. So unless something changes with that offense, I would say he's a flex play at best for you, at best. Yeah, and I, you know, the injury thing, is it a, is it the cause of his injuries that's, that's making this happen? I don't know, because I feel like I never know when he's actually injured, mm-hmm. and when that report is just him being moody. You know, it's what we saw a little bit last year with the Lions. It's like, he just found ways to keep sitting out or kind of have excuses built in, and it's like, it doesn't matter at this point if it's a true injury or not. The fact that you can't bank on him... And the fact that he's always questionable in some aspects mm-hmm. does not give me any confidence either. So I'm close to the point of making him one of those landmine drops where you drop him in your redraft, hoping a league make picks him up, thinking, oh, man, because of the name, like I'm getting Galladay off of waivers. Mm-hmm. But if you play him, you're going to be disappointed. And that's close to my move now. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you got next, Jake? Uh, this one is uh, a this, little painful. This one hurts this me, too. Painful. It yeah. hurts me, too. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was really out on this guy, and he proved me wrong. And then last year, I was a little tepid, and he proved me wrong. And then this year, I finally buy into Allen Robinson as, you know, a top eight receiver. And he's sitting on the board currently at wide receiver 66. Oof. Oof. Now, you you were not here for the one solo show for week one where I said, don't play Allen Robinson because he's going against Jalen Ramsey on that Rams defense. Mm-hmm. And he's such a shutdown guy where it's like, okay, right. look, you don't got to play your stud this week. It's okay. He has a terrible matchup. That's right. Claim all the other weeks though. Cause he's going to be amazing. Fucking no, man. Since that week one, uh, he's had four catches in total for 51 yards. And this is a Matt Nagy problem. This is not an Allen Robinson problem. I refuse to believe that. But if you've watched the bears, especially as you watched as I did this last week, while Justin Fields just got pummeled over and over and over, and there was no creativity with the play calling at all, then you realize, as long as this guy's the coach for this year, it's mm-hmm. going to be really, really hard to trust Allen Robinson to actually put him into your lineup. His yards per target, 4.1. That is 143rd overall amongst pass catchers in the NFL. His catch percentage, you were talking about how nervous you were with Kenny Galladay. Allen Robinson's catch percentage, 47.6, 183rd in the NFL. Those numbers, that's nothing like what we've ever seen from Allen Robinson before. 
And it's like, it's easy to build a narrative that says that's a morale problem. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels like it is because, again, we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be starting in week four. You know, I mean, we can take guesses, of course. But the fact that the coach is coming out and being like, it could be Nick Foles. (laughs) What? I have no reason to start Allen Robinson. His first blow-up game is going to happen on my bench because I'm not starting him until that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I love Allen Robinson. Like He's one of those guys that you felt like is bulletproof. No matter who the quarterback is, he is going to get receptions. He's going to catch the ball. He does Allen Robinson things. It shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't because he's that good. Because he, he truly yep. is. And I... I I freaking love him as a player. Like he's so underrated and not, I should say underrated, but he's just, God, he's just so good. Uh, Consistent. Yeah. Normally. Uh, but yeah, I mean this, this, that Nagy offense, I just don't know what they're doing there. Hopefully, don't worry. He doesn't either. Well, uh, that's <laughs> obvious. Uh, hopefully by uh, the end of the season, he's let go and they can get a new offensive coordinator in there, someone that can use Justin Fields and Allen Robinson appropriately because I think we all had higher hopes for this offense. And I know it's just one week with Justin Fields. So it's not I'm not, you know, hitting the panic button because I feel like he should be fine. But with Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson and you have Cole Komet and David Montgomery running the ball, like they have a lot of really good pieces on this offense. Their offensive line is is decent, you know, so there is no Ugh. Didn't look that way this well, last Sunday, but hypothetically, fair. they yes. should be a lot better than they than they look. Let's yes. put it that way. Yes. So obviously, there's something more going on there than than what we know because this this offense should be better than what they've shown over these first few weeks of the season. And unfortunately, Allen Robinson is a part of that. So yeah, he's just not. I don't know that I could sit him just because. You know, he's not in that same category as Kenny Galladay for me. Uh, Well, let's do it quick, if you don't mind, then. Let's do it quick, him or somebody else. In terms of, if you're staring down your bench options right now, mm -hmm. and Allen Robinson is currently in your lineup, but these guys are on your bench, are there any of them that you would consider starting over him? So let's, let's start, in my opinion, with the really easy one, Debo Samuel. Debo. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Now let's get really interesting with it. Let's get let's get wet and wild here. Marquise Brown, Hollywood. Robinson. Ooh, see, yeah. I would at this point still lean with Mark Marquise Brown. Uh, and that's yeah. how I'm bad just, it's I'm just not a Robinson. I'm just not a believer in Brown. I know he's he's Nor he's am I. Well, but I just <laughs> I uh, I guess I have yeah, more confidence scary. that Robinson can get right. Uh, rather than Brown keeping up what he's been doing to start the season. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Who's your second uh, option here? I have another wide receiver here to talk about, and this is Devante Parker of the Miami Dolphins. So currently he is sitting at wide receiver 51. And just let me go over some stats here just to paint a little picture. So overall in the league, he is 28th in targets, which that's okay. But 46th in receptions, 48th in total yards, 25th in air yards, which, okay, okay. 23% target share, which you like, but he's still not the number one option on this team. It's Jalen Waddell. And then now with um, Will Fuller coming back, I feel like Will Fuller is going to become a bigger piece of this offense. 
And Devontae Parker is going to be that number three option on the team. Uh, I know right now it's just looking much better for him with the amount of targets and receptions and everything. But like I said, with Will Fuller out of the lineup, that was bound to happen. Will Fuller missed the first two weeks. Uh, I, I, I just don't believe now, um, especially with how great Waddle has looked coming out of the gate here and how involved he's been in this offense. I thought for sure Waddle would have been the number three option uh, with Parker and Will Fuller being the, the, the two options out of the gate here. But with how good Waddle has looked, and believe me, I did not think he was going to look this nice uh, these first few weeks of the season. I mean, he's looking legit, like the real deal. Yeah. So, um, you know, package that all together. And again, I mean, this is a guy you could just, I feel like you could cut from your team. Like I, he had the one really good year that he blew up uh, in his contract year. Um, ironically, Mm -hmm. and then didn't do a whole lot last year. Not that he had an awful year, but it was not nearly as impressive. And so aside from his one blow up year, he hasn't done shit in the league. And, and that's just continuing. It's going to continue this year, unless there's injuries on uh, to the wide receiver core. He's just not going to do that. He's going to get pushed down the depth chart and you could probably pick someone up better off your waiver wire at this point. (laughs) Yeah. He's getting by on name alone. At this point, that's all it is. It's just, it's just the name. But he's no better than you know the at the most average wide receiver in the league. Again, mm-hmm. acknowledging these guys are all phenomenal athletes, right. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he is. There is no difference between him and Hunter Renfro, in my mind. Except this year, Hunter Renfro is actually producing. So I'd rather have true. him on my mm-hmm. team. I would drop Devontae Parker for Hunter Renfro this week without question. Um, that's just, yeah, man, that's where I'm at. Especially mm-hmm. with Tua being out for yep. at least another couple of weeks, that mm-hmm. just muddies it even more. Yep. Gross. It's very gross. gross. Man. <laughs> well, it's not going to get less gross from here. I'll tell you that much. Um, this one, this one probably hurts you more than it even hurts me, uh, honestly. And it, and it hurt me a lot. My <laughs> third guy that I want to talk about here, uh, who is in the doghouse is Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith got a lot of hype from us on this podcast this offseason. Mm-hmm. Going over to the Patriots, I think we both thought the sentiment was they spent a lot of money to get him. Bill Belichick talked him up a lot after getting him and how how many ways he could use him. He's going to be such a boon for this offense because we, we can use him everywhere. And with Cam out, which, again, Poor run out for Cam. We never got to really ruminate on that together. Mm -hmm. We were both so high on Cam. And the fact that he still isn't with another team just makes me so sad. Um, But with Mac Jones in the lineup, at least the thing you could say is, well, it probably benefits these receivers some. Because at least, if for no other reason, they're going to get more touchdowns because Cam's not going to run them all in. Um, And now with Mac Jones, John, who's still sitting at tight end 26. Tight end 26. We talk about like, being a top 10 tight end doesn't really mean much sometimes mm-hmm. because it's so gross after the top five. If you're all the way down to tight end 26, though, that's egregious. That is egregious. So I thought he was going to be the dominant target guy. I thought in that offense, he's going to be used not like Kyle Pitts, but he's going to get some of that wide receiving type of work, mm-hmm. those type of routes. Hasn't happened. He's third in targets on the team. It's Jacoby Myers, it's Nelson Aguilar, then it's Janu but it hasn't meant anything. Um, he got one rushing attempt in the first game. He fumbled it, so he's never getting the ball back that way again. From never. Bill Belichick. 
Uh, and this last week, he just had the most severe case of the dropsies I've seen in quite some time. And it's just, it's not working. And it's not working with Hunter Henry either, his other tight end compatriot there. Is that how I worked in the word? That was nice. Into that, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I came up with that just now. <laughs> um, but Hunter Henry is not taking away anything from him. It's just independently, John, who has not been good. And at this point, I'm, I'm the guy who's probably going to drop him for one of these boom tight ends. Mm-hmm. You know, a Tyler Conklin from last week in Minnesota who had an amazing game kind of out of nowhere. You don't love to chase those boom games exclusively, but like John, who has done nothing. But if you're going to so, stream tight end, like that's that's how yeah. you should be attacking that anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, likely you'd like to get ahead of the boom game, right? Of, of course, but that is the type of play where, yeah, you're if playing this the guy's matchups. doing nothing. Swap him mm-hmm. out. Yeah. 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 And I wonder too if with Hunter Henry and Janu on the team, I mean, it's notorious that Bill Belichick's playbook is is extensive and, and difficult to pick up. But I wonder too if part of that is just Mac Jones, you know, that's just not his play is checking to the tight end. Uh, so the wide receivers are getting more play. And and you know, you saw uh James White being involved in in the passing game out of the backfield. So I wonder if that's just a function of Mac Jones actually being somewhat comfortable in this offense where he's pushing the ball downfield a little bit and utilizing the wide receivers where that obviously wasn't Cam's game last year. And, you know, Brady always had Gronk to throw to. So that's why he always went to the tight end. So maybe it's just a function of a new quarterback there uh, working within the system where he doesn't utilize the tight ends nearly as much as we had hoped, even though with the two big signings, we're like, oh, they're going to be so involved. But, you know, maybe that's because they thought that, Cam was going to be the quarterback, and that's how they were going to utilize him. And and that's totally possible, too. And the interesting point about James White there, we're like, yeah, you know, James White can get usage, and that's fine. But James White now out with a hip injury indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And we saw him when he left the game last week. Kendrick Bourne, the third wide receiver, just kind of took that over. And he took a lot of those targets. And so it's like, well, he can't even get work if the main dump-off target in James White is out. So no confidence on Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's too bad it hurts my soul because not that i thought i would you know i wasn't predicting what i was last off season that he was going to be this top three tight end i thought he would bounce back a little bit though this year uh just with that signing and utilization in that offense but i think it's time to pour one out for my my home dog here because yeah it's just Uh, just i'll admit defeat on this one uh, and I won't get I won't get my hopes up ever again on Janu. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Already tight end for that matter. I'm done. With uh, it. I don't know if I'll go that far. But all right. Okay. Anyway, who's your third that you want to yeah. talk about? So last one we're going to talk about here this week. Uh, going back to the running backs here, and that's James Connor. So, excuse me. He is currently sitting at running back forty. And you're like, oh, that's not bad. Just outside of RB three territories, maybe a flex play. Yes. But he's 37th in yards. Not that great. He's had a lot of attempts. 25th. You know, you like to see a lot of attempts. He's 39th in yards per game. And and where he's being buoyed right now with this RB40 is he's had two rushing touchdowns to start the year in three games, which is tied for second in the league. Um, You know, he is getting the bulk of the carries, or I should say the carries itself are are fairly split between Edmonds and Connor. Connor's had 35, Edmonds has had 31, uh, but he's not getting utilized in the passing game at all. He's had one target with one reception. 
the all the passing game work is going to Chase Edmonds. And he's just offering up a pitiful three and a half yards per attempt. So, I mean, he's not rushing the ball very efficiently. We knew this offense was going to be more of the spread offense, not necessarily running the ball. I mean, they run the ball just to keep the defenses a little bit. Um, uh, um, what's the word? Oh, my God, my brain. Honest. Honest. In a way. Thank you. Yes. Keeping the defenses honest so they're not totally focusing on the passing game. It's basically being a function just to, just to keep them honest. So I expect some regression here in the touchdown uh, column, especially um, I would expect Kyler to have m- some more rushing touchdowns. So, yep. yeah, I, I'm, I'm out on him. I, I thought maybe he was going to be a sneaky good play. I, I mean, he still could get these rushing touchdowns, goal line touchdowns, I suppose. But like I said, two and three games, I don't expect that to continue for the season because uh, then he would end up with what, like 12 touchdowns or 13 touchdowns by the end of the season. And could I, happen. It could, but High I just don't. offense. I just don't expect it. So um, yeah. that's why I'm kind of out on him. I thought maybe we'd see him involved a little bit more in the passing game. And then um, have that split between rushes between him and Edmonds a little bit greater than being more of a 50-50 split. So that's why I'm out on him. Not that he's not, you know, you can't keep him on your roster and use him as, you know, an emergency flex play or something. But at this point, if you are counting on him on a weekly basis, uh, you shouldn't be doing that at all. There's, There's probably some better options for you out there in your waiver wire. Yeah, I agree with that. The one thing I, I did want to call out, because I was looking that up here, was the percent of red zone rushing attempts. And it's like, well, it's nice that he has almost 50% of those for his team. Mm-hmm. And he's in good company with that. So, yeah, to your point, if you are in standard leagues especially, if you still play in one of those archaic standard leagues that doesn't give you points for reception, then great. I'm comfortable keeping him mm-hmm. as an RB3 because right. he has the touchdown upside. And like, yeah, you can plug him in and hope for a touchdown at least. But otherwise, um, you know, I have him in our home league, for example, and he's a prime drop candidate right now for any of those other big pickups that will pop up on waivers, mm-hmm. whether this week or a future week. Not going to give anything away to my co-host as we play each other here. Chuba uh, Hubbard. But <laughs> hypoth- <laughs> as if anybody had any doubts about who would be at the top of that list. But yeah, I uh, I agree there. It's tough. Now, hypothetically, you didn't put Chase Edmonds into this category, but would he fit here as well for you? Because it's not as if he's wowed anybody this year. Would you be comfortable, you know, benching Chase for, for the time being until he shows something more? No, um, I actually started him in one of my leagues this last week because uh, I do have him in a spot and he scored double digit points. I think he I want to say he had like 14 points, I think, uh, somewhere right around there. there. So, like, uh, sure. you know, it's it's not that he, you know, he's he's not doing as much as we had hoped, I thought. Um mm-hmm. But he, he is still being serviceable and just in a PPR league, you know, with with him getting all those targets. um I, I really like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't have a problem using him as like your, I mean, if he's your RB2, that's getting a little dicey, but as an RB3 or, or, or a flex option, I'm much more comfortable with that. Fair. And I did not take into account how big that week was because it was actually very respectable. So, mm-hmm. fair enough. Chase over Connor, rest of oh, the Oh, 100%. There we go. There's no doubt. 
Zero so, doubts. All right. So, Jake, since we are finished with that, um, let's skip our uh, week four matchups. Uh, we can come back to that here at the end if we so choose. Um, but let's get into our start of the week. So um, I want to start us off here because I, I want to give you some some hope uh, going against me here. This is mind uh, games. This yeah. is the mind game shit, <laughs> listeners, by the way. No, I, I truly believe this. So uh, my start of the week is Justin Fields versus the Detroit Lions. So Chicago's playing at home this week, which always a good thing. And the Lions defense has given up a crap ton of passing volume. So right now on the season, their Lions defense is ranked 23rd overall. They have given up seven passing touchdowns in three games to only one interception. Uh, so, so their secondary is in real rough shape there. Uh, and they're averaging 10.25 yards per pass attempt, which is worst in the league. So they're giving up big chunk passes at any given time. Uh, so that's why I like him this week in this matchup. Uh, and, and we've seen that Detroit gives up a lot of points. They give up a lot of, you know, a lot of passing yards. But at the same time, their offense is very high-powered as well. We've seen them put up a lot of points in Detroit. Weirdly uh, high-powered. Yes. Right? Like, who the hell expected this I, to I know. Happen? Not me. Uh, Jared Goff has looked like an all-pro to start the season. Uh, but if that if that continues to be the case, because Chicago's defense hasn't been that great to start the season, Chicago's going to have to be playing catch-up and passing the ball as well. So those are the reasons why I really like him. And then just looking at the slate of schedules, I was like, yeah, there's there's probably some easier ones I could have picked. Like I thought about taking Tom Brady going against Bill Belichick, like because Tom Brady is probably gonna throw like five touchdowns and have like two rushing for like you know seven total touchdowns in the game just because they want to stick it to him. But I was like, no, that's I hope too easy. Neither team scores a point. <laughs> Honest to God, I'm so sick of this narrative and the whole I know, revenge thing I know. on both sides. I hope neither scores anything just so we can shut that whole thing down. Yeah. Um, you know, so I thought about doing that. And then as I, like, I was looking through the slate of games, I'm like, you know, this one's actually pretty interesting. And, and I think this could be a game where we see some of that magic we saw in the preseason with Justin Fields. Okay. All right. Now, one thing that we have to wait for, of course, is the official go-ahead from Coach Nagy. True. That Justin Fields is going to be out there this week because – you know, never too early to to give that confidence to your rookie quarterback who yep. you should be grooming here. Uh, oh, that's so frustrating. But, all right, I will take that with a grain of salt here. I still have one eye open on this. Uh, as, again, he is, he is my quarterback potentially going up against you this week in the home league. But I do not have this quarterback on my team, and I wish I did. It's Jalen Hurts who is going against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and the Chiefs have not looked on defense. They have not looked as imposing no. as, as I thought they would be. Um, and that's good because if you watch Monday Night Football, Jalen Hurts did not look good. The Eagles did not look good playing against um, the Cowboys. They just plainly didn't. And it still didn't matter. For Jalen Hurts for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're an Eagles fan, you're super pissed about it. But Jalen Hurts still put up like 18 points 
or something, and, and not in our ridiculous scoring league, like a right, a, a normal league. PPR league. <laughs> yeah, which is which is good. Now um, he didn't even run that much. You know, it's not that he picked it all up with his legs. It's just he 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 somehow. If you took yourself, if you didn't watch the game. If you didn't watch the game, you're like, this guy's great. <laughs> if you watch the game, you're like, this guy sucks. But for our purposes, you know, just treat it like you didn't watch the, the fucking game and be excited because Kansas City, 23rd worst in terms of uh, passing yards allowed. And again, with him being the dual threat, with him still having that ability to get, no matter what, he's going to get yards on the ground for you. Uh, it, I don't want to say bulletproof. I don't want to say this is a bulletproof matchup. You know, goddamn well, Pat Mahomes and company are going to put up a lot of points on their end. So it's going to be at least a situation where asked to chase again, like he did with the Cowboys. And again, that worked out for you this week. So he is about as safe as they come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've changed my tune, at least uh, fantasy wise on, on Jalen Hurts. Uh, Josh and I had a little discussion about this last week where I had to give an apology because I didn't think he was going to continue what we saw at the end of last season. I, I really didn't. Um, but you know, he's looked good in spurts. Uh, you know, some of his passing has improved this year. Uh, it's nice that he's got wide receivers that are actually staying healthy for a change. He's got two Mm -hmm. healthy tight ends on his team. Uh, Miles Sanders has been involved in the offense, which is nice. So, I mean, they, they've kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. He's, he hasn't been injured, let's put it that way, which has always kind of been the thing on Miles Sanders. He's always been injured, so he hasn't been injured, which is helpful to the team uh, for, for real football purposes. So, for sure. uh, you know, that's just another person that the defense has to keep an eye on, you know, so they can't double team one of the wide receivers or the tight ends or whatnot. So, I mean, it does help in a real football sense. Uh, so, I mean, we, we've seen some good things out of him in flashes. And, yeah, they're going to be playing from behind uh, this entire game, especially after that loss last week that Casey had. They're going to come out and want to crush everybody in their path. Uh, so, yeah, Philadelphia is going to be playing from behind. So it should end up being a really good fantasy day for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and that's what we care about. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no offense to Eagles fans, but you know, you know where our allegiances lie. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of, I want—I put this in the show, Doc. I don't know if you've even seen this yet. Oh, I saw it. Okay, I proposed a beer bet here because, God damn it, it's the first in-season beer bet aside from the one earlier about our matchup this week mm-hmm. that we've been able to actually do. It's the first time we've been on the show together since football actually kicked off. So what I put in here, and feel free to tell me to go suck an egg, but I put Aaron Jones versus Najee Harris in rushing and receiving yards cumulative. Not fantasy points. I'm taking touchdowns out the mix here. Because for running backs, I... Just rushing and receiving yards, huh? Rushing and receiving yards. And that's it. So not targets, not receptions. Because that's going to heavily favor one of these guys. Right. I want purity here. I want rushing plus receiving yards. Because on the season, they are very close mm-hmm. together for, for total yards here. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to be the guy who's the homer? You know, do you want to be the guy who takes Aaron Jones just because he's a Packer? Or do you want to play uh, uh, counter to expectation and go with Najee? What do you think here? Oh... <sighs> Um, 
Let me see. And if here. it helps you, I, can, I I didn't tell this up front. And I, I should have mentioned who they're actually playing. That will probably give you a little bit more context that you need here. They're playing each other. So well, I, I, I knew that. Yes, I, okay. I knew okay. that. Uh, I'm just... Uh, I think I will... T- as much as it pains me to say it, I think I'm going to take the Najee side here. I kind of like that because you know you know who's playing against you this week is Najee Harris in our home league. So I was kind of excited for you to say that, but now I feel like you're jinxing it too. So I, I don't know what yeah. to think actually. Yeah, I'll take the Najee side. Uh, I just, yeah. you know, it's the Steelers in their defense uh, mm-hmm. and the Packers in their defense. <laughs> <laughs> with right, a tale it's of, kind a, of a, a tale of two different defenses here, um, and two different offensive lines. Currently. Yes, yes. So, so yeah. you know, it's going to be close. I think at the end of the day, just uh, pure yards, rushing and receiving, uh, it's yeah. going to be damn close. Because, uh, but yeah, I think Najee will end up uh, taking it. So uh, I will put it in the All show right. notes that I am taking Najee. Locked in the first proper beer bet of the season that is reliant on players here. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I think a lot of this is going to come down to whether TJ Watt plays. Honestly, I think that could be the difference maker with this one. And if he's out, then I'm happy that I have Aaron Jones. And if he's in, then I'm kind of regretting it. Uh, so that that will be awesome. Of course, we'll track that next week. We'll do the appropriate payoffs. Of course. It'll be terrific. For me, because you're going to lose. Not only are you going to lose in our home league, you're going to lose a bet. It's going to be doubly, it's going to be double the fun, double the pleasure. Uh, You're like the MC Hammer of trash talk, Justin. (laughs) You just, you have one hit, you know? Yep. (laughs) Hey, I'll take it. And MC Hammer had more than one hit, just just so we're aware. Oh, oh, did he really? What name that second hit? Uh, Without looking, without looking it up, name (sighs) that second hit. It was too legit. God damn it. All right. Okay. <laughs> and I put hit in quotes, I think, with that one. But yeah, sure, sure. I'll count it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you even... Listeners, you didn't get to see him do the flawless execution of the hand movements from that music video, oh, yeah. by the way. I still oh, know it after well all these years because, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I did when I was a youth. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> that was your big, like, weekend plans. Was like, oh, that's right. Here, well, I can't dance, but I can do dance. the hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> hey time well spent that's right time well spent yeah absolutely <laughs> um so we're just under an hour here jake do you want to go through a couple games or are you feeling good where we leave this for tonight look i think the only game that we have to call attention to here is the one we already made the beer bet about it is the one that i'm most excited about even for fantasy too because mm-hmm. i'm very curious about those wide receivers for the steelers if deontay plays even if he doesn't like can any of them actually get back on track with fucking Ben Dusty Arm uh, Roethlisberger thrown to yeah. him, I don't know. Dad, and that's really been a big surprise. I mean, I didn't expect Big Ben to be throwing up, you know, QB one numbers, but I expected him to look better than he did last year, and it just hasn't happened. And whether that's a function of the offensive line or he's just old, so old, he's just old. <laughs> he is. He's uh, so old. I really know, do think that's it. He man. finally I hit didn't the cliff him and. To be great. Yeah. 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 I think he finally I didn't think just he did great till week 10. And yeah. Now it's week four and he's already done. Yeah. And it's too bad. They have no one behind him that can even attempt to step in and improve the team. So, uh, it's Cam kind Newton's of a, out there. Well, would that really improve the team? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Are you, you serious? That, that would absolutely improve the team. 
I don't know if it would improve the fantasy assets. Right. It would improve the team. Yeah. All right. That's fair enough. But yeah, I, I think the Packers will ultimately end up pulling it off. Although it's going to be a tough game, I think, because that the Steelers' defense is obviously very good, as it always is. Uh, and, you, and we we didn't even get to talk about the miraculous finish from the Packers and 49ers game. We really should have no. opened with that. I well, mean, we my should have. Yeah. Goodness, 37 seconds left with no timeouts in a row. Too many seconds <laughs> in a row. God damn it. Inside joke, listeners, if you ever say the number 37 in front of Dustin, he's going to make that joke reference every single time. Google it if you don't know what it is. That's right. Uh, but 37 seconds and no timeouts, too much time for Mason and Aaron Rodgers. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it, it was an impressive. Um, I had to go back and watch the highlights, unfortunately, because I'm an old person and get up super early for work. So I did not catch the end of the game. And I'll be honest, when I uh, I quit watching just after halftime, and it was like 17 nothing. And I was like, oh, this is no problem. They've got, I mean, the Packers are rolling right now. I have nothing to right. worry about. It'll probably be like 31 to like 21 by the end of the game because the Packers will play prevent garbage. defense and it'll be yeah. a lot of garbage time points. No, no. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, oh, so a thing happened. I had to go back and watch highlights, and I was like, oh, big things happened. Holy man. It was thrilling. It was absolutely thrilling. Well, not only that, but But if our, they could not do that this week. Yeah, and then I also knew there were big things happened because in our group chat between uh, the two of us and, and our friends, there was like 20 freaking text messages. I was like, oh, things definitely happened last night that I missed. <laughs> That's right. This is uh, the time of year where you have to remember. Now you have to snooze your alert, your alerts mm -hmm. for like the text when you go to bed. Otherwise, you're going to be getting pummeled with them uh, on those Sunday night games and Monday night games. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that was this exciting. Was We're two and one. Can't ask for any more than that. Atop of the division. You know, life is life is good here in Packerland. It is. It is. It feels good. Uh, and, and I don't feel weird about Aaron Rodgers anymore like i did after week one yeah <laughs> like, absolutely wait, has he really has he shriveled away to nothing and it happened under our eyes and we didn't realize it no of course not it was an off week at the office that's right happens to the best of us that's right all right jake well i think that was a good show do you think it was a good show I think it was a fucking great show. Yeah, it was. That's just one man's opinion. Yes. So before we sign off here, why don't you tell folks where they can find you out there in the universe? You can find... Big question. Uh, you can find me contemplating all of life's biggest mysteries, probably out on my back stoop uh, over a nice sunrise. Uh, but other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. Yes. Um, and please, folks, get out there. Give us a five-star review subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe for your podcast uh it just helps make us more visible tell your friends refer them there is no ref you know referral fee uh or or, or, or uh reward if, if you do refer a friend but please refer a friend if you refer a friend and and you show proof that they subscribed you will get to come on the show and ask us a listener question live on air how about that Boom. I didn't pass this with you. I like that. No, that, I love that. Okay. I love okay. that. Right. Um, so, yes, you have to provide proof, as Jake said, for that. Just a little uh, screenshot. That's all. Yeah. Doesn't take much. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, you'll get live on the air access to us for a question of your choosing. Could be fantasy football related or not. We don't care. 
We may not be able yep. to answer it, but we don't care. <laughs> as long as it's within the go- the bounds of good taste. That's right. You get to come on and your voice gets to be heard on our damn show. That's right. That? Yes. So, yeah, please go out. Give us uh, a review. Rate and review. Five stars or whatever stars you choose. I shouldn't put, you know, five stars on you like that. But right. we prefer five you stars. put stars in people's mouths, Dustin. Can't help it. Uh, but, yeah. Find us at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, that's where you'll find all the great content from us. If you want mediocre content at best, you can follow me at FF Dusty Dog on Twitter. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up, shut up.